So what we're going to be doing um, this month is we're going to be taking a theme as we approach Easter entitled Faith in the Power of God. Faith in the Power of God. And so I'd like for you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you would. And let's look at verses 1 through 5. The Apostle Paul uh, was talking to the church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth, by the way, oftentimes would get some pretty lofty ideas and they would become very heady. And to be truthful about it, the church at Corinth was kind of like the Las Vegas of the day. Kind of a carnal church and and uh, sort of full of themselves and sort of impressed by themselves and their intellect and their excellency of speech. And so the Apostle Paul is addressing this in verses 1 through 5. And he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And in verse 4 it says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of God, but that your faith should stand in the power of God. Of God. You think that's a good thing for your faith to be in? Absolutely. So I want to simply this morning build a foundation on the omnipotence, the power of God. And so we're going to look at several scriptures. And by the way, up there, if I get going a little quick, you don't have to keep up. But the first scripture we're going to look at is First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11. Father, we ask you for your help in this time in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. Notice this verse. He says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. That's quite a mouthful right there, isn't it? For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is yours. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head Above all. And then we look over at Jeremiah and notice with me the 32nd chapter and the 17th verse. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Say it with me nothing is too difficult for thee. You may be facing a difficult situation. You may be facing some big mountains. But just remember this. Your all-powerful God has said that there is nothing too difficult for him. And what he's looking for is he's looking for some trust. He's looking for some faith in his people so that they may access his power that is so readily available to them. It's just like in this room. Someone had to come in early today and access the power that PG&E had made available. The way that they did that was they turned the switch on. Amen? Well, faith is the switch. And that is what accesses the power of God. As a matter of fact, that is what accesses the grace of God. See, the Bible says that we access his grace by faith. And so someone said, well, that's great and wonderful, but I don't have faith. Well, you're wrong. You do have faith. 
You may not be aware of the fact that you have faith, or you may have faith and not using your faith, but you and I have been dealt the measure of faith when we got born again. You and I, as a matter of fact, have the measure of mountain-moving faith. Those difficult situations that loom in our way, those impossibilities in the natural realm, faith can blast mountains right out of the way. Amen? With God, no thing shall be impossible. But then he goes on to say, all things are possible to him that what? To him that believes. So faith is the plug. Faith is the switch. Make sure you're using your faith every day of your life. Use your faith for something. I mean, it might be a parking place. Or it might be something on the job. But use your faith and know that your good, good father is working on your behalf. Now, the psalmist David had such a great revelation of the power of God. In Psalm 59 and verse 16, he says this. In the Amplified, he says, I will sing of your mighty uh, strength and power. Yes, I will. See, David's will was involved here. How many of you know you've got to get your will involved in singing when you come to church? You need to get your will involved in lifting up your hands when you come to church. You need to get your will involved sometimes just to say amen. I will sing aloud of your mercy and loving kindness And I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. For you have been a defense, a fortress, and a high tower, and a refuge in the day of distress. So David was absolutely so aware of the power of God that the Spirit of God came upon him and he was able to write songs about it. The question I have for you today is what inspires songs in your heart? Country Western? I'm sad, I'm sorry, I'm broke, my girl left me, my dog ran away, and my pickup broke down. I'm depressed, I'm busted, and disgusted. Now, there are some gospel songs that sound kind of like that. Uh, You know, and listening to the radio, and and I'm not trying to put anybody down, and I'm not trying to speak disparagingly in any way, fashion, or form about the body of Christ, but you need to make sure that you listen very carefully to the words that are coming across the airways. I believe this, that our songs should be anointed. I believe that they should be inspired by the Spirit of the living God, and they should lift us and not talk about how bummed out we are. And not talk about how tough life is. Hey, it is a given. Life is tough, okay? Amen. We are all going through stuff, okay? But, hallelujah, thine is the victory. Thine is the glory. Thine is, hallelujah. The triumph. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and so um, I was w- talking to Mark and Janet Brzee when they were here. And, uh, and, she, and they said, you know, so many of the songs that come across the radio are so depressing. And good people. Don't, 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 don't feed on that. Get in the word. Amen. Make sure the songs that you listen to are word based, Holy Ghost based. Amen. Amen. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Say it with me. My God is mighty to deliver. He's mighty to heal. He's mighty to save. And so David is singing a new song. Amen. 
You don't have to record to sing. You can sing wherever you are. You can sing in the shower. You can sing on the way to work. Somebody says, are you sure I can do that? Absolutely you can. Just open your mouth and let it rip. And your songs don't need to rhyme. And you don't need to be as good as Motown to sing. Amen. You can just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'll be truthful about it. Brother Hagin could not hold a tune in a can. He could not sing for nothing. But I'm telling you what. There were times where he'd been sitting in the back seat of our car. And out of the back seat I'd hear, Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Amen. What was he doing? He was making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. And you can do the same thing. We all can't sing like Pastor Tom, but you know what? Pastor Tom's anointed to do what he's doing. Amen. Psalm 145. Notice verse 10 through 12. Psalm 145. He says, all your works, what shall they do? They're going to praise you. And your saints are going to do what? And the saints shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your what? We ought to be talking about the power of God to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. So his works praise him. His people bless him. What are we supposed to be talking about? His glory and his power. Hallelujah. You know what that means to you and I? That there is no power shortage in our God. And we make him known by lifting up our voice and telling of the good things that he has done. I believe this. There should be more testifying amongst one another. We should be declaring the goodness of God. Now look at Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 4. Now in this context of Habakkuk chapter 3... Uh, Habakkuk the prophet, he's praying for revival. And he's saying, Lord God, revive your work right in the midst of its years. That's what we're praying for right here. Amen. Aren't we? (laughs) He's praying for revival. And you know where revival begins? Revival begins in your own heart. Revival doesn't begin by me bringing some hot shot preacher in and holding a three-week uh, crusade. That's not revival. That's an evangelistic meeting, and that's awesome. But revival begins in the hearts of men and women. When you're revived, you want to read the Word. When you're revived, you want to pray. When you're revived, you want to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So Habakkuk, he's literally praying about revival, and then he begins to talk about, oh, the great power of God that he had known and that he has seen. And he describes the power of God like this. Read this with me. Ready, read. And his brightness was like the sunlight. Rays streamed from his hand. And there in the sun-like splendor was the hiding place of his power. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about the Shekinah glory. This brightness is the glory of God. It was like the sunlight. Rays of glory streamed from his hand. And there in the sun-like splendor was the hiding place of his power. And then going over into the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ, after he rose from the dead, said this in Matthew 28. He said, all power, 
all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power, all dominion, all might, all authority has been given unto me. Hallelujah. And then he was tempted of the devil for those 40 days and 40 nights. And in the book of Luke, after the temptation was over, after he had whooped up on the devil with the sword of the spirit and said, it is written, it is written, it is also written. The scripture says in Luke chapter four, that he returned in the power of the spirit. He returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Why was there a fame that was spread about? It wasn't just the fact that the power of God was upon him. It was the fact that the power of God was being demonstrated through him. The blind could see. The lame could walk. The brokenhearted could be whole again. Those that were captive were set free. Why? Because the master said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. The spirit of power, he was saying, is upon me and the anointing is upon me for your good. Amen. Oh, that's good news. And when this power spread, and when the demonstration of the master began to move mightily, the scripture says that his fame spread throughout the region about, and they were literally astonished at his doctrine. Now listen, for his word was not dead, but his word was with power. Oh, hallelujah. His word was with power. And then over in Luke chapter 4, verse 36, we're just simply laying a foundation for an explosion on Easter Sunday. Amen. We may have set a few firecrackers off this morning. You never can tell. Hallelujah. Everyone say fire. Fire. In Luke chapter 4, verse 36, and they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits. And what do they do? They stick around till they're ready to come out. No, they came out and they came out immediately. And then over in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, the scripture says it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. Remember that his teaching was with power. His doctrine was with power. There was something beyond the natural in his words. There was the supernatural anointing and power of God as the words proceeded from the master's mouth. Hallelujah! But, of course, on that day there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. And they didn't sit by to learn from him. They sat by there to catch him in something. Uh, They wanted to to reason. They wanted to uh, intellectualize what they were hearing. And they were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And now notice with me, and what was there present to heal them? And the power of the Lord was what? The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, when it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them, that included the doctors of the law. That included the Pharisees. That included anyone and everyone that was there listening to him. But not all of them got healed. You know why? Because they were reasoning and intellectualizing. But while he was teaching, what happens is they let a man in through the roof. 
Hallelujah. And the power that was present to heal all of them healed that man. Hallelujah. And here's what Jesus said to them. He said, whether it's easy to say, son, that's, that, uh, he says, but that you know that the, the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch and, thy, and, and, and go into thine house. Was he healed by the power of God? He said, it's just as easy for me to heal as it is to forgive. That's good news. So if you're dealing with something in your physical body today, it's just as easy for him to heal your body as it was for you to, to get saved. It's all inclusive. The power to save, the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to lift is all available to whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord and who shall plug into the power of God. Now, look at Luke 10 and notice with me in verse 19. Luke, the 10th chapter, and the 19th verse. Behold, or look, I give unto you power. Now here it gets personal, right? Behold, I give unto you power to do what? To watch television and play tiddlywinks. No, he says, I give it unto you power to do some treading on serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions are a type of demons and evil spirits. So he says, I don't want them to rule over you. I want you to walk on them. And not only that, but I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. And then he says, and nothing shall by any means do what? Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I believe that that should be something that is in our heart and coming out of our mouth on a regular basis that nothing can hurt me. Say this with me, nothing Nothing. shall by any means means hurt me. me. You know what that includes? That includes crazy drivers. That includes people that are are so, um, how can we say it, so engaged and so obsessed with themselves that they don't use blinkers. And so engaged and so distracted by life that literally... They will sit there when the light is green until they finish their text. That, that includes people that I, I don't understand it, but for some reason they don't think they even need to look when they're backing out of a parking lot. I mean, just whoop. I mean, the other day I was going to work out at 24-hour fitness, and uh, I was going to back up because there was a parking place closer to the door, And I'm telling you what, a car just went right in there and beat me to the punch. You know what happened to my flesh? Nothing. I said, oh, well, praise the Lord. Am I I literally going to go confront that guy, me, a man of God? (laughs) Am I literally going to go confront him because he stole my parking place? You know what you got to do out there in the world? You got to be cool. You can't afford to be hot. You can't afford to be quick tempered. And I'll tell you what else you cannot afford to be impatient. Because the world and the people of it, they will try your patience to the hilt. And at the end of the day, it's really just a test. 
And the more of those tests you pass, the more full of peace you will be. That came right out of my spirit. The more of those flesh tests that you pass, the more full of peace you will be. Now, here's the truth about it. You may just think those people are rude, and some of them are, but I'm telling you the truth. They don't even see you most of the time because they are so full of themselves. Well, we don't want to be full of ourselves. We want to be full of God. And when we are full of God, it does not matter what's around us that people are full of. The question you need to ask yourself every morning when you look at yourself in the mirror, what are you full of? I tell you what I'm full of. I'm full of the power of God. I'm full of the Spirit of God. I'm full of the glory of God. How about you? And so settle it, says the Lord, not to be filled with the cares of this life, not yielding to the flesh and yielding to strife, But yea, just walk with me and walk in the Spirit and enjoy life and you will see that a greater presence shall come upon thee. Carefree you shall be, fear-free you shall be, and you shall walk where I walk and you shall enjoy life and you shall enjoy it to the full. And surely it shall be overflowing in your life and out of your belly shall just flow rivers of love, rivers of life, and you shall be free as you walk with me. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. So rehashing and rethinking and figuring and rehearsing and thinking about what should have been and what could have been will do you no good. Yea, lay aside those things, saith the Lord, and look unto me, for the future is bright, the past is gone and must be forgotten. Fret not, fear not, think not about the past, but look unto me and gaze into my eyes, and you shall see that I have a great plan for thee, and the future is ever so bright. Hallelujah. Come on, pray a little bit. And as you pass this test, and as you pass that test, and as you pass this test, and as you pass that test, you shall enter into my glory, and you shall enter into my rest. And those things that have bothered you in the, in the past shall no longer be an issue for you, says the Lord, for you have passed the test, you've rolled the care upon me, and you'll walk now in freedom and in glorious liberty. Hallelujah. Do you hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to you today? He's telling you he doesn't want you to worry. He's telling you he doesn't want you to be distracted by the cares of this life or by the issues that you face. He's exhorting us to tap into his power and to tap into his grace and to walk in newness of life. To walk above the fray and walk in the Spirit and enjoy glorious liberty. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let's just thank the Lord. Father, we thank you today. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
Now and then in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem or in the city of Hayward until you what? Until you be endued. That word endued there is clothed with power from on high. Amen? I do believe this, that once you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, there should be a continual waiting upon Him. Now, in this scripture, it's telling them to wait for the initial outpouring, but I believe that we can wait upon the Lord daily and regularly and experience a fresh anointing every day of our life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's one thing to be have been filled with the Spirit. It's another thing to stay filled with the Spirit. Amen? It's one thing to have been in the presence of God. It's another thing to have continuous refreshings and continuous experiences with the Spirit of God. Amen? See, there's no question that the power is there to lift you and to bless you. But I love what the Apostle Paul said over in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Right? Be not drunk with wine. Be not intoxicated with wine where is, wherein is excess. But then he goes on to say, but be filled with what? Be filled with what? Be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek, there's a little play on words. What literally that says in Ephesians 5.18, where it says, be filled with the Spirit, it says, but be being filled with the Spirit. Everyone say that. But be being filled with the Spirit. In the Greek, that's used, utilized in the continuous sense. In other words, uh, have a constant experience with Him. Have a constant infilling with Him. Well, somebody says, well, I'm not sure how to do that. Well, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20, and we'll learn something about how we can stay full. Amen? So that when we look in the mirror in the morning, we ask ourselves, what are we full of? We'll know what we're full of. Amen. Ephesians 5, be not drunk with wine, wherein is success, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking, speaking. One way to stay full of the Holy Spirit is you've got to open your mouth. Amen? Now, in the church I grew up in, we didn't open our mouth at all. Unless it was to say, mea copa, mea copa, mea maxima copa. Mea copa, mea copa, mea ma I was always praying for mercy. How about you? You know, and, and so there wasn't a lot of uh, faith-filled speech taking place. But here now, he says, speaking to yourselves. David said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You can encourage yourself in the Lord by speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourselves in what, Pastor? In Psalms. In hymns. Here we get back to praise, PT. And spiritual songs. Well, I'm not a psalmist. Can you read? Can you open your mouth? Can you speak? I mean, I just encourage you. As a matter of fact, I exhort you to do this. Get yourself the book of Psalms, open it up, and just start reading it. But read it with the intention of entering into a dimension of praise and worship. And you will see that the Spirit of God will come upon you. And you will begin to experience and taste, hallelujah, of the powers of the world to come. And then just 
say it and speak it, and then sing a little hymn out of your heart. I mean, just from the book of Psalms. Speak to yourselves in Psalms. We got 150 of them. And then when you go beyond the 150, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and give you your own. Hallelujah. Psalms and hymns. Everyone can sing a hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. Blessed assurance. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Woo! Glory to God. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Just get yourself a hymnal. From the grave he arose. Brenda will love that one in the second service. Her dad used to sing that as a little kid. They brought the little choir in. And on Easter, Brenda's dad had great big hands. And he was the deacon at the Skeedy Assemblies of God in, yeah, that's right, Skeedy, Oklahoma. And her dad would stand up. From the grave he arose. You can sing. Somebody says, I don't like the way that sounded. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. And your father doesn't care. Because by the time it gets through the filter of the heavenlies into the throne room of grace, it is a sweet aroma in his presence. Hallelujah. I exhort you to do this. And spiritual songs. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and just start singing in other tongues. Singing and making melody in your heart. You know, when I'm happy, I don't call up Brother Raul and say, Brother Raul, will you please sing for me? I'm happy. No, Raul would say, Pastor Mark, you're a little crazy today. Sing yourself. I'll rejoice with you. But we need to learn to do some of our own singing. Singing in the dark. Singing in the light. Singing at midnight. Singing when everything is all right. Singing as a way of life will lift you into the very atmosphere of heaven and will cause his will to be done for you right here and right now. Amen? Now notice verse 20. I didn't know we were going to get into all this today. I'm enjoying this. Hallelujah. Singing, speaking, declaring, saying, and then giving thanks. Everyone say, giving thanks. Giving thanks for what, Pastor? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's good. Everyone can give thanks. I believe this. The easiest way to keep your mind on the Lord is just give him thanks all day. I got my mind on the Lord all day, all day. Thank you, Lord. And then notice with me in verse 21. Submitting yourselves unto one another in the fear of God. Did you know that being submissive to one another and not trying to get our own way all the time and just loving one another and giving in to one another is scriptural? Especially when you're giving in out of the love of God and it's not an unscriptural thing. Submitting. Singing, giving of thanks, and submitting to God will cause you to stay full of the Spirit of God. Tarry ye daily. Tarry ye regularly. 
And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I could speak to you for a couple more hours, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, but we're going to just take a few more moments. Acts 1.8 says now, but you shall receive what? Power. That word power there, dunamis, means dynamite in the English. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Hayward and in the Bay Area and in the United States and to the regions beyond. Philippines. Africa, Russia, China. Hallelujah. There's a move in China. And then in Acts 4.33, this is us. This is you, this is me. And with great power gave the believers in Hayward witness, witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace. What kind of grace? Grace. Not just mediocre grace, but great grace was just upon Pastor Tom and Pastor Mark. And occasionally Raul. If Raul was real good. And he hadn't been too good lately, and that's what I've heard. Just kidding. And great grace was upon them all. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we thank you for this first session we've had on faith in the power of God. We sense that we've said enough, encouraged enough, exhorted enough, and taught enough. I pray, Lord God, that we'll not just hear what we've heard, but that we'll be doers thereof, that we would practice your presence all week long and tap into your glorious power in Jesus' precious name.